Good evening, church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spath. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to check out our website at www.churchvictoria.com, or you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash vctchurch. If you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast, I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure you like and you share. That really helps us out. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets, uh, where we're in the Old Testament. We're mixing it up. We're talking about some of the most important people and events in the Old Testament. Uh, we're in the book of Genesis. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 30. With the ultimate goal of getting them to the Messiah. Yes, that's absolutely. the goal. Absolutely. That's the goal. And these and these two chapters are actually going to be interesting. They're, they're going to be, these next few chapters, I should say, are yes. going to be Yes. Are going to be really interesting. We're going to see some uh, some interesting you know, things. You know, I, I've talked to many people that re- they start reading. They say, "Well, I'm, I'm going to read the Bible," so they start reading the beginning, right? And they get they get through it. Genesis and Exodus is pretty good. Then they get to Leviticus, and it's like you like you went <laughs> and well, and it's it's probably right around they hit around the time they hit Mount Sinai and Exodus uh-huh. that they start chapter 20, 21, You know where it starts to kind of go yeah. off the rails because at that point it all becomes but you the know, law. We can, we're going to make it interesting. <laughs> we're going to make it fun. Even yes. in Leviticus, we can make fun. You know, it, well, we're going to try to follow the narrative, yeah, and we're absolutely. going to try to put these events because, I mean, <coughs> the, the latter part of Exodus, Leviticus, and portions of Numbers mm-hmm. all happens while they're still sitting at, at Mount but Sinai for so a year. There's so much good stuff there. There is. There is yeah. good stuff there, but it's it's hard to keep track of, of what's going on. You know, well, this isn't gonna, like a— Guys, we're going to try to help you. Absolutely. We're going to try to yeah. help you. Yeah, we yeah. are. Yeah, the Bible help you to learn how to connect the dots. The Bible is comprised of 66 books, mm-hmm. and they don't all fit together like we would necessarily think they no. do. No. Okay, it's not like no. you know the Lord of the Rings where it's one, two, and three. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't it, work that way. <laughs> yeah, but but we're going to try to help you navigate through it, help you connect it to to different aspects, and what you do when you learn how to connect the dots. That's right. Yeah, you know? that's right. So, all right. Well, let's pray. Let's pray, and we'll get started. Father, thank you for so much for the for the power of the word. Thank you for the opportunity we have to study it together tonight. I pray for our audience that they will uh, that they will learn and they will grow, and that they will have uh, the courage, Father, to apply the things that they learn uh, to their own lives. Father, we thank you so much for this this venue, this opportunity that we have uh, to do this over the internet. Uh, it's a, what a what a marvelous tool that it is to reach out to to the lost and reach out to folks that really want to study the Bible. Thank you so much for that, Father. Just help us. Help Cole and I as we, as we study through it, and help us, Father, to say it in a way that people can understand. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we get into the text, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 34 tonight, 34. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into that, let me ask you, Dan, as Christians, what should our response be to a fallen society? And when I say and when I say a fallen society specifically, I want to because that's a that's a really broad topic. So let me narrow it real quick. What I'm talking about is when when society starts doing bad stuff, mm-hmm. when things start going bad, mm-hmm. and we could be talking about you know a, a cultural movement or just bad things start happening. Right? We live in a fallen world. Bad things are going to happen. They're, they're they're filled with broken and hurt people who don't know God. So they're going to do bad things. Mm-hmm. What should our response be? Well. To Cole, that environment, to Cole, those people. Bad things have been happening for all time. Sure. There's always bad things happening. And I think that if you get caught up in the in the whole uh, the whole bigness of the of the bad stuff, you can get off track easy. I think when you start looking at people the way Jesus looked at them, 
and you look at them, and, and Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. There was problems going on in his day, in, in his environment. They were enslaved by, the, by Rome. He didn't deal with any of that. He said, give to Caesar what's Caesar's, give to God what's God. You know, so, and he said, I came to seek and save the lost. I think our responsibility is to take them one at a time, not get caught up in a whole, the, all that, all the, the bigness of it, and just take them one at a time. Because you, you get caught up in the, in the, in the, uh, the, the, all, the, all the stuff that's going on. It can overwhelm you. Sure. And it can get to a point where you look at it and say, well, it's hopeless. When you look at it from that perspective, it is hope. It does seem hopeless. And, it, and you know, Jesus is going to come back one day and judge the world. I mean, that's what it said. I mean, he's going to come back one day and get his, and get his bride. And he's, what he's going to find? He's going to find still hopeless people doing hopeless stuff, doing sinful stuff. That's what he's going to find. But our job, I think, is to see them as individuals one at a time. You know, we got, we got Lee's brother over here watching uh Watching well, us, record. helping record, and he's watching us live. Name's Daryl, uh, and uh, I told him yesterday he's he's got some decisions to make. And I asked him, I said, "What's going to be the best for you spiritually?" Mm-hmm. You know, there are decisions to make. They can take you over here, over there, over there. But what is the things that are going to help you spiritually? And you know, and, and I think that's the that's what how we have to approach this stuff. What is going? What are the decisions I'm going to have to make that I'm going to have to help people to make and help guide them, so they make decisions going to help them to grow spiritually. They'll grow out of the nonsense. You just have to help them, yeah. and we bring them to Jesus. You know, we tell people all the time. You and I counsel together. We tell people all the time. What we tell them? We can't fix broken. That's right. We don't fix broken. You know, we can bring you to the one who can fix broken. That's right. And you, when you're dealing with a broken, messed up society. You have to bring them to the one that can fix the broken and the mess, yeah. and that's what our, I think. That's how we have to approach it. We have to approach it that way, because man, you know, when you when you're talking about a hundred million people being aborted, hundred million lives being lost, sixty three million just in the United States alone since Roe v. Wade. So I mean, when you talk, I mean, you look at that and say, well, you know, we could do this, we could do that. You know, I think what what's worked for me better is I'm gonna sit across the table from someone, and if the subject comes up. We're going to deal with it from the book. Well, and and that's a, that's an excellent point, and that's an excellent topic to bring up because that that you know in the face of that bigness, what is our response? And I think a lot for a lot of Christians, the response has often been, "Well, we've got to we've got to fix this through the government." Mm-hmm. It's the government no. that caused this problem in the first no. place. No. The government's fought, the, the government is the problem. Doesn't mean I'm not <laughs> going to vote. Doesn't mean I'm not going to vote for a guy that I believe can is do, doing going to do the, has my values at heart. Not doesn't mean that. Well, sure. If I mean, if you're going to take advantage of those rights, you should take advantage of them as a Christian mm-hmm. would. You should vote via your faith. You shouldn't I, vote without. I it. don't have the time to go march on the Capitol. I got too many people that I want to sit down with and study with. Well, and I think, and I think that's a, it's a good reminder that you know the whole reason this stuff is going haywire is because people don't have Christ. That's exactly right. And if we're not going to exactly sit down right. and talk to people who are lost or we're not going to sit down and engage with those who are seeking, the problems are just going to keep going. I think and I think we've lost that mindset. Hmm. In in a, in a in a large sense in the Christian community we've lost that mindset. We we our mindset and the pandemic didn't help. Made us stay at home. We didn't have interaction. We're we're getting better here now. I mean we had we had a a biggest group we've ever had Sunday morning. And I know of people that weren't here. Right. I know of 15. So people, if they were all been here, we'd have had a, we'd have had a group almost as big as what we've had before. Right. So 
you know, I know that, that people's mindsets are changing and they're getting back into the flow of it. But, uh, but people are different now. They think different. They act different. They talk different. And you know that's true. Sure. Just because of things that have happened over the last year and a half. Right. So, you know, but, but it doesn't change the fact that they still need Christ. It doesn't change that at all. Now, how I'm going to approach them, what I'm going to say, how I'm going to say it may change. But not the not the dynamic of Christ being the not savior the of the world. The gospel, the gospel doesn't change. The gospel doesn't change. Gospel doesn't change. How you present it to someone. Well, and maybe Paul, does. Paul instructed us to make sure our speech was seasoned with salt. Christ yep. Himself said, "You know, be as be as wise as serpents, but as innocent as doves." Right. Yep. So all of those things are there. Peter Himself said, "Always be ready to give an answer for yep. anyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that yep. is in you." with gentleness and, and reverence yeah. or respect, and, depending yeah. on the translation. So absolutely, you're absolutely right. And I love I love that you said that because this is a doozy of a chapter. Yeah. In Genesis chapter 34, you know, when we're talking about the evil that goes on in the world, yeah. this is... They had it, evil going on there too. It doesn't... Well, it, and it amazes me just how evil, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Genesis 34 is really... I mean, this is like hearkening back to the to those chapters we had before the the flood you know before abraham came on the scene you know you had babel right after the flood and then you had the the wickedness and evil of man in six and seven that brought on the flood mm-hmm. and, you know starting with cain and abel mm-hmm. in chapter four and so this is like we've almost gotten back to that point mm-hmm. to just how wicked and evil this story is and on the parts of all people mm-hmm. on the parts of all people but let's let's get into it let's okay. dig into it and we're gonna we're gonna see how Israel responds and how his sons respond. And, you know, maybe we should compare Remember that. Remember Israel now is Jacob. Yes. So Israel is Jacob. He was renamed. Yep. God renamed him uh, right before he crossed the river to meet yep. Esau. Mm-hmm. And so now he has met Esau. Esau's returned back to his home. Jacob has made his home here or Israel has made his home here. Mm-hmm. So in, G- in Genesis chapter 34, we're picking up. Remember, uh, e- uh, Jacob or Israel settled. He had came from Paddan Aram. He settled safely at the city of Shechem in Canaan and camped within sight of that city. And for a hundred pieces of silver, he bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. There he set up an altar and called it El Elohia Israel. So he's the God, the God of Israel. He is now fully on board. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back to that in Genesis chapter 35. Probably not yep. this week, but next week. We're going to come back to that. Yep. So remember that. Remember he sets up that altar because there's some interesting things that happen when we get into Genesis 35. But now we're in 34, right? Genesis 34, verse 1. Now Dinah, the daughter Leah had borne to Jacob, went out to visit the women of the land. When Shechem, son of Hamor, the guy he bought the, the, the not mm-hmm. the guy he bought, he bought it from Hamor, but this is the dude's son, right? Mm-hmm. The Hivite, the ruler of that area, saw her, he took her and raped her. This, it's, it's, yeah. Verse one, verse one and two. It's all it's it's always the same when people when when you have people that are not connected to God. What do they do? They're going to do bad stuff. This is woman out, and this dude sees her. He's the ruler. He has all the power, and he takes her and he rapes her. What a doozy! Verses one and two. Not even not even three verses in. Yeah. His heart was drawn to Dinah. Oh, his heart. You know, you know what Jeremiah says about your heart, right? Yeah. Heart was the heart is uh, desperately w- wicked it's and wicked. evil. Yeah. Who can understand it? Don't right? listen to your heart. Don't listen to your heart. Yep. There it is. His heart was drawn to Dinah, daughter of Jacob. He loved. Oh, he loved her. He did. The young woman and spoke tenderly to her. So he loved. I, I just wanted to point this out. 
you know, in the in the New Testament, uh, these loves they all have different meanings within the Greek, and in the Hebrew, it's it's this it's very similar. Hebrew has a very small amount of words for a whole lot of concepts, and so when it says he loved, it's it's like an infatuation. Mm-hmm. He was infatuated over, or he he desired. Well, her. if he loved her, if he really loved her, he wouldn't rape her. Right, and that's and that's what I was getting at. So God gets to define these concepts, mm-hmm. and so God defines love in First Corinthians chapter thirteen as patient, and kind, and, you know, gentle. And we deal with this. We deal with, with people when we counsel with them, you know, and, and if, if someone loves you, they're not going to physically, sexually, verbally assault you. There's right. not. If they really love you the way God tells us to love. That's right. Not what you're going to do. Well, and, and love, as we've seen over and over and over again, is a choice. It's a decision we make Absolutely. towards someone else. It's not, it's not a feeling. You know, there are feelings of happiness and joy, but love is, is something much greater than that. And so... It says here in the text he loved, um, depending on the translation, it might say something different. But this isn't, I don't want us to think of this as a godly love. This isn't a godly no, love. This no, is a human infatuation. It, well, you, you know that just from, the, you can the interpret this acted. verse just from the text. It's right. a, he raped her. He raped her. Right. And then he decided, oh, man, she's pretty good. I think I like her. That's you right. Know, That's exactly what? what he did. Yeah. You know, you didn't think about that before? Yeah. No kidding. This guy's twisted. Absolutely. So the young one, uh, so he, so he, his heart was drawn to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. He loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. He spoke tenderly to her. You know, now that he's raped her, right? <laughs> and uh, well, I'm sure she feels so much better. And Shechem said to his father Hamor, "Get me this girl as my wife." He's kind of going about things backwards, just a bit, just a bit. You know what I want to ask is, where was his daddy? Well, and, you know, as we've seen, that's an interesting point because we've seen over and over again that the sins of the father are are committed by the sons. It, it, maybe this is the way this was done. You know, maybe this is the way his dad is, too. Of course, the text doesn't tell us that, but that's it's a good, it's, it's an interesting thought. Well, in our, in our dynamic today, you know, in our, t- in our day and time today, you know, a, a young man does this, you know, I mean, where were his parents? Oh, I see what you're saying. You see, sure. yeah. I mean, not in this state, but in our in our in our lives today, you have a child that's doing bad stuff. When are the parents going to step up and stop this? Well, that's a that's a good point. And if Hamer is still involved, why is Shechem the ruler of this city? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting dynamic yeah. right there. He's he's obviously still here. He's obviously still relied upon. He's he's being used to make these negotiations first for the plot of land. Well, now maybe for this he's woman. the mayor or something. It's interesting. Maybe he's a city council member or something. I don't know. It is Maybe Whatever he's got, he's got, he believes he's got some power. Absolutely, yeah. And he believes that he can do whatever he wants, and so he does. That's right. When Jacob heard that his daughter Dinah had been defiled, his sons were in the fields with his livestock, so he did nothing about it until they came home. That's interesting. What, what, I, I don't... You know, I've read that verse over and over and over again, and it's you, like, I'm just going to wait uh, for them up, to get what, What's going you've on You've got here? two daughters. Right. And you've got a son and a foster son mm-hmm. that he's fast getting to be. Where he, if they're older and something happened to one of your daughters, are you going to wait and, and turn your sons loose on them? No. No. It doesn't make any sense to me. That's, and, that's what I'm, yeah, that's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I understand why he sits back and he waits. Yeah. I, I, you know, let's read some more. Yeah. So then Shechem's father, Hamor, went out to talk with Jacob. Meanwhile, Jacob's sons had come in from the fields as soon as they heard what had happened. They were shocked 
and furious because Shechem had done an outrageous thing in Israel by sleeping with Jacob's daughter, a thing that should not be done. It, well, sleeping with her outside of marriage shouldn't have been done. Raping her shouldn't have been done. That's right. They call it sleeping with her. She was raped. That's right. She told him no, and he took her anyway. Yep. That doesn't mean he slept with her. Sleeping with her makes it sound like that, well, she said, okay, maybe so. You know, we did, we'll, we'll just go this far. Right, they eloped. Yeah, you know, right. kind of. We'll just go this far and everything will be okay. No, she said no, and yeah. he raped her. There's, that's Sleeping with her and raped is different words in the Hebrew. Are they not? The, it, it's a different ideology. Whatever it was, it shouldn't have been done. If it was just, if, they, if he just was sleeping with her, you know, then I want to know where was Leah and where was the, the, the upbringing of Dinah beforehand if she would just go into town and just sleep with this guy. That's not what it says. It makes it, the text sound like she was raped. Yeah, I think what, it, I think what it's referring to here is just there, there is a difference. There is a slight difference, the same root word, but there is a slight difference between the two. I think really what they're saying is that he, he forced himself. Forced right? himself he, on her. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So in verse 8, But Hamer said to them, My son Shechem has his heart set on your daughter. Please give her to him as his wife. Intermarry with us, give us your daughters, and take our daughters for yourselves. You can settle among us. The land is open to you. Live in it, trade in it, and acquire property in it. Now this is now this is interesting. Um, what is it that God has promised Abraham, Isaac, and now I'm gonna oh, give you this land. I'm gonna give you this land. Now here comes this guy. Said uh, you for the price of your daughter. Yeah, you can have it right now. Yeah, you know this reminds me of of uh, Satan tempting Christ. Mm -hmm. Bow down to me, and you can have it all right now. Yeah, right. Doesn't he? Isn't this kind of what he does? Yeah. Yeah, he he shows up and he says, "Hey, just." You know, just just do this little thing, and yeah. and you can have it. How often do people we face that in our world? Satan uses that on us all the time. Yeah, the you end know, goal. A quick, a quick fix. Quick fix. The end justifies the means. Yeah, there's no there is no quick fix in this. This is a long term process. Being a Christian is a long term process. Being married is a long term process. Being a husband, being a father, being a mother, being a wife. Those are long term proce processes that you cannot. You cannot go for the fast coin. It doesn't work that way. There's, there is a growing learning process through the whole thing. And if anybody says, anybody tells you that it doesn't work that way, they're liars. Yeah. You know, they're liars. Yeah. And, and they're not telling you the truth at all because it is, it, it, you, you don't get anything. Satan is going to use that kind of stuff to tell us, oh, well, you know, look at what I've got for you. And God's already promised it to me. But he's going to promise it to me through faith and obedience, not through lying and deceit around the backside. Well, God has promised us all sorts of things. Yeah. And he, he says, you know, these are yours. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, we have the spirit living within us as a down payment. It gives a guarantee mm -hmm. towards these inheritances. And it's, it's an awesome thing. We just have to remain faithful and remain obedient to Absolutely. God. Absolutely. Satan comes along and says, you can have all this now. Yeah. You know. And it's it's not true. You can't. And what he's leading you to is destruction. And you've got you've got preachers out there preaching that God wants you to have this now. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. That does you know, that does happen you, occasionally. You know, you know, they use a text and said, "Oh, you see this text over here? This text means that God, God wants you." God wants you rich and healthy. 
Absolutely. And if you're not rich and healthy, then you're sinning before God. You're, you have done something and, and God is and punishing you. And the Bible you. does not teach no, that. No, the Bible doesn't teach that at all. Verses teach that out of context. <laughs> well, I mean, you can pull Scripture up out of context and, it and make, it anything, anything make it say anything you want. But that's what I mean. And that's true. And that's not just true of Scripture. That's true of, of p- things people say. Absolutely. They can pull you out of context. You know, they could grab a clip of people this People do it all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Do it all the time. And so it's, it's really nothing new. But what, what you have to understand is, is what you're saying is this is a journey. Faith and walking with God is a process. And we've seen Abraham go through it. We've seen Isaac go through it. Now we're watching Jacob and his family go through mm-hmm. it. It's like we're watching all these, these things happen and he's, over and, and he's over and over still, And he's still learning here. He's still not got it right. He's not going to have it right with Joseph. He, he made some right steps. Yes, he has. And he makes some wrong steps. Just like all of us. That's right. He's, he's no different than any of us. That's what gives us hope that God can use a guy like him that we see him make so many bad steps. He's waiting till his, his sons come home. He should have went straight to this guy. He should have. He should have. He should have taken care of it himself. You know. You know who. You, he knows his sons. When he's sitting there waiting for his sons, he to knows come what his home, sons going to do. He knows what his sons are going to do. <laughs> yeah. So he he figures I could just sit back, and they'll take care of it. Yeah. And and they'll take care of it in a way that maybe Jacob isn't ready to take care of it that way, but yeah. he's going to let them do it. And maybe it's not the right way to take care of it. Well, per, no, it's not. It's not no, the right way. But right way. look at this. I like this. Is interesting. Verse 11, then Shechem said to Dinah's father and brothers, he's there. Yeah, he he he's didn't there. just send Hamor. This dude thinks he is untouchable. Yeah. Could you imagine the gall? This dude's just raped. He didn't think he did anything wrong. That's probably what it is. You're probably he didn't think exactly he did anything right. wrong. You don't think he did anything. Can no. you, and, and you know, what a, what a. And, and we don't know that from the text, but it's, it's when you know human nature, it just don't seem like he. Well, like what he did if you're wrong. right? You're absolutely right. The text doesn't explicitly say he doesn't think he did anything wrong. Okay, and so we're not trying to say that's what the text says, but we're trying to look at this and and try and understand why this guy just did what and he how did. we can apply it. How so, do we apply it to our own lives? This guy, the, the facts. Let's look at the facts. Mm-hmm. What the text absolutely says, right? He said, Hamor, Dad, you go over here and you get me this woman. And so Hamor's over there. He makes an offer, right? After I've already raped her. After he's raped her, right? He so Hamor oh, goes over there. Oh, but wait a minute. He qualified it. Because he loves her and he whispers sweet things in her ear. So Hamer goes over there to, to make the opening offer. What do you have to do? Hold offer. her down? <laughs> <You> <laughs> Hamer went over there to make the opening offer. And so that's verses 8 through 10, right? Mm-hmm. Then verse 11, then Shechem said to Dinah's father and brother. So he went with them. Yep. So if you've just raped a woman, right, and now you're sitting in the room talking to that woman's father and brothers, you either, and in my mind, you either really think you're untouchable but he's not there flout flouting this he's there asking for her hand so i think you've got it he really doesn't think he's done anything wrong here he doesn't get it he doesn't see well, and, how what and he's maybe, done is wrong maybe in, in his culture it's not wrong well it is wrong it is look i don't care what culture you're from <laughs> i'm just saying maybe in his culture <laughs> well he had no and i'm not talking about his his the canine culture. I'm talking about in his house. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't wrong. Well, and that's and and that that brings up a great point because as Christians, we live in the world, and we're watching our world very quickly it, start to confuse right and wrong. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I agree with that 100. We're we're watching this shift happen where all of a sudden you're wrong for calling a boy a boy or a girl a girl. Mm-hmm. Now you're wrong. Well, no, no. What do they think they are? I, I, look, I'm sorry if they think they're something different. I'm sorry. But what about if you get it in 
in a, more confined in the house, and and a and a husband slaps his wife, mm. just once slaps his wife, and he slaps his wife in front of his two little boys. Okay, and six months later, he uh, he pushes her down on the couch, and it starts it keeps going. You know, well, what do the two little boys think? Right. Well, this is this is appropriate in our culture. This is okay. Yeah, in our within our family with our family way, culture, yeah. it's okay. Right. They don't know about other. They think well, probably all daddies are doing that. So they don't know. No, all daddies aren't doing that. So in their you, you're talking about in their culture in in Canaan, but what about just in the house? What about in Hamer's so, house? Yeah, you what absolutely have you absolutely have both of those, and you, we're seeing both of those. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a large portion of our population grow up without fathers. Yes, and the impact that is having on our society. Yeah. We're also seeing our culture as a whole go down this path of denying reality. And so now well we, calling sin right and calling and sin, sin right good. right how many I mean how many preachers on TV uh, you know the big popular preachers with hundreds of thousands if not millions of followers right and they're sitting there and they're not willing to call homosexuality sin they're no. not willing to call transgenderism sin they're not willing to call any sexual morality I mean look I'm not I I don't have a favorite sin you know mm-hmm. it's all bad sexual morality in any form is wrong if and bad If you're going to follow this book then you're going to have to call sin what God calls exactly, sin. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's as simple as that. But as Christians, we are now watching our society from both a fam- familial point and from a larger cultural societal point not not able to call things that are good good and call things that are bad bad. They can't. We can't, as a society, we've gone off the rocker. Well, and we can't distinguish Romans between chapter right one, and wrong. Where, where, we, where we, we've exchanged... The truth sure. about God, and believed a lie. Right. That's exactly what they did. And at some point in that text, what does God say? He'll turn them over to a reprobate mind. Right. Turn Absolutely. them over. Well, you know, in this culture, in in the culture here, this guy has got it. It's okay. Well, he's a he is a he could be a poster child for a lot of people today. He could. That look at at some things in life and say, "There's nothing wrong with this." I know when I was growing up, there were things that we did. I didn't see anything wrong with it. You know, if you had something I wanted, I just took it. I mean, in my environment, it was okay to do that. It wasn't okay, but I made it okay. So I think the important thing that we that one of the one of the important things that we can grasp out of this text is there is an absolute morality. Yes. And God is the one who gets absolutely. to define that. Absolutely. What Shechem does here is wrong. It's, it's absolutely wrong. wrong. It's and wrong. what goes on in our culture today in our society, whether or not it's legal, whether or not society it's popular in society or not, doesn't matter. What matters is what does God think about it? Because the reality, this is this is the fact. Mm-hmm. You're gonna die. Oh, and you're and, gonna die, and you're gonna have to stand before God one day and give an account for the life you live. And that's why we're trying to take this stuff, this Old Testament stuff, and try to make application for it to today, because this does have a lot of application to today. Absolutely. This text really does. I knew when we when we talked about it before when we got it, this is a, this powerful this powerful chapter because it says so much about our culture today. This is right where we're at. People doing the very same thing. And culture letting them get away with it. Well, and, and them thinking it's good. Think let's it's okay. keep going. In okay. verse 11, Then Shechem said to Dinah's father and brothers, Let me find favor in your eyes. Are you kidding me, guy? And I will give you whatever you ask. Make the price for the bride and the gift I am to bring as great as you like, and I'll pay whatever you ask me. Only give me the young woman as my wife. He's going to regret that. <laughs> 
So in verse 13, because their sister Dinah had been defiled, just in case any of y'all were thinking they were agreeing to this, Jacob's sons replied deceitfully as they spoke to Shechem and his father Hamor. They said to them, we can't do such a thing. We can't. Now, this is interesting. As they spoke to Shechem and his father Hamor. See, Jacob is going to later try to cop out of this. <laughs> yeah. But the text is, is, is using plural pronouns here that yeah. we can't do such thing they said to them as they spoke to Jacob right oh it says here I'm sorry because their sister Dinah had been filed Jacob's sons replied I'm sorry so that is separating it yeah Jacob is there but, but he's not saying are, anything he didn't say nothing right. his sons he's are not saying, saying anything yeah. but before we uh, we've talked about these types of lies before mm-hmm. these are lies of omission uh-huh. Jacob knows his sons yeah. I don't think Jacob by any means doesn't understand what they're planning <laughs> You know your boys, don't you? Yeah. You know what your boys would do. Yes. yes. I Now look, the text doesn't say that. Yep. It, peace. It very well could be. Jacob is just sitting there going, are these guys serious? Like they're going to they're going to No, this? come on. Nuh-uh. No. Maybe no. the text doesn't I got doesn't, three boys. The text doesn't say I as a father I can't imagine. I can't my you know my son's actions are so transparent, you know, and I can't imagine that changes much the older you, you know get. It, and the and the and the and the smarter they get and the older they get and the more wise they get you know it it just it it just becomes more clear you know how they're going to react you know how they're going to respond you know sometimes they'll really surprise you okay still so every once in a while every once in a while yeah, they'll surprise you by something they say or something they do that I'm going wow man there's some there's some real deepness in there but uh, but usually you know you, you can tell you know especially if there was something like this Man, if Kevin was doing this or Paul was doing this, you know what I'd know? <laughs> Dude, you better start running. You know? Well, <laughs> because and that's, they're going to get that's, you. And that's my point here, yeah. right? It says Jacob's sons replied deceitfully. So it's obviously mm-hmm. them talking. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I, I missed past yeah. that. But mm-hmm. Jacob's sons are replying. So they are the ones talking. They are being deceitful here as they speak to Shechem. But Jacob is there. Yes. He is right there. And this is what he hears his sons say. They said to them, we can't do such a thing. We can't give our sister to a man who is not circumcised. That would be a disgrace to us. We will enter into an agreement with you on one condition, only that you become like us by circumcising all your males. Then we will give our da- uh, you our daughters and take your daughters for ourselves. We'll settle among you and become one people with you. But if you will not agree to be circumcised, we'll take our sister and go. So Jacob heard all this. It sounds like a pretty good plan, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I, I, you know, I got to imagine as a father, Jacob knows they're not being honest. Of Maybe course. he doesn't know how far they're going to go with it. Maybe he just thinks they're going to kill Shechem. Maybe he thinks, you know, they'll just, they'll require this dude's blood. Maybe he, that's what he thinks. I don't know. I'm not Jacob. I'm not there. Something I'd like to ask him one day, mm-hmm. but... What I do know is, as a father, it's very unlikely that Jacob did not understand his sons were up to no good here. I can see my son and my daughters both. But from their perspective, are they up to no good? From their perspective? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm sure from their perspective, they're vindicated in what they do. Yeah. They're being, they're, they're in their mind, somebody, and, and you know, in the mind of a lot of our culture, you know, we we had we don't really experience a whole lot of front. Well, you know, that's not really. I was going to say we don't experience a lot of frontier justice anymore, but you know, that's not necessarily true. Well, for the most part, we don't. It's. I would say that as a as a country, as a nation, we're getting more and more to that point. 
I would say that there have been some really high profile trials that have recently occurred that a lot of people would akin to or be not necessarily exactly frontier justice, but close enough. Yeah. Somebody getting railroaded because, you know, to find somebody one way or the other would be unpopular. Mm -hmm. You know, now that's not well, we exactly. Have, we, have a, we have a whole we have a whole law system in our in our state alone. You know, you know, stand your ground law, castle doctrine, those kind of things where somebody walks into your house. And has a has has a weapon. Um, they don't even have to have a weapon. They don't have to have a weapon. You can you can put them down. Yes. And and not go to jail over it. Okay. So, but that's not what's happening here. That isn't what's happening here. You know. This is this is this is pure, unadulterated vengeance. Yeah. Is what they're planning. Yeah. They're they're. In it our, was in not our, it was not for protection. In but our it, society, I think that's murder one. <laughs> well, yeah, but we're not Felony in our murder. We're not in our society. <laughs> No, we're not. We're in it their, is their society. society. Well, and in their society, this is acceptable. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, we're gonna. We'll see. Though. <laughs> okay. Verse eighteen. So their proposal seemed good to Hamor and his son Shechem because they're blind. The young man who was the most honored of all his father's family. The, this is the most honored among his father's family. Did you, did you see that? This dude. <laughs> this dude. <laughs> this is a box of dim bulbs, man. <laughs> <laughs> this dude is the most honored among his. <laughs> this culture is not doing well. If this is their brightest and best, you well, know. Well, God's going to wipe out the Canaanites anyway. You he, know that he's going to. He's going to a couple hundred years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's going to. He's going to put them down. Okay, so he's he's the best. He's the best and most honored. <coughs> that also explains how he gets this to fly. He lost no time in doing what they said because he was delighted <coughs> with Jacob's daughter and he was slightly delusional. Uh -huh. So Hamor in verse 20. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say he was delusional. You put that in he, there. Oh, I, yeah, 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 you put I that think in there. Okay. Look, guys. I, People I, are going to be reading their Bible and say, well, mine didn't say that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you, you, yeah. Uh, I, I'm i looking at this guy and I'm flabbergasted. You know, I live in Texas. I think it's funny. How could you possibly think that raping this dude's daughter and then going to the father and sons was going to pay off? Like, I, how could you possibly think because this was Because in his culture, he could do that. He has stepped in. He's play. about to get a rude awakening. <coughs> he has stepped into morality. a different realm. Oh, I, it's like I tell people. You know, I, I had I had some guys one time. You know, when I had my shower, I may have told this story before. Three guys. I don't know. I don't what the nationality they were. I mean, they they had an accent, and, and uh, I was working on their car, and 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 we were ch chatting around, and they said they said, uh, uh, "Man, I noticed that all of y'all have guns in the back windows of y'all's cars, y'all's trucks." And I said, "Yeah." Y'all, 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 I said, yeah. And I said, in this state, we'll use them too. And they looked at me like, <laughs> you guys have stepped, they come from Canada. And they had, ah. they were driving down to Mexico. And they had stepped into a different world. They were commenting about how big the state was. Had They've been driving for three days. They still weren't even to Mexico yet. They've been driving for three days. And uh, and I said, yeah, we'll use them too. And, and they, it's a different culture. You know, and this, I, yeah. he, they, he stepped in, he stepped into the culture of Jacob and Israel and this family. Jacob's a supplanter, remember? He is, Israel struggles with God. They don't really necessarily care what God's thing, that Jim vengeance is mine. They don't really care. We're going to take care of this. We're going to take care of this. They're fighters. You have jumped into a new realm, and and you are not going to be happy with the outcome. He's about to find out. He's about, He's to, about to have out. a rude awakening. Yeah. So Hamor and his son Shechem went to the gate of their city to speak to the men of their city. So part of this is they've got to convince all of these guys to be circumcised. 
How in the world do you pull that off? He's the most honored among his family. It just said it in the text. Did you hear that? <laughs> Dude, this guy, I don't know what this guy is selling. I don't know what his deal is, but I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine somebody meeting me at the gate of the city and being like, hey, man, we need to snip, snip. <laughs> What? Snip, snip. No way, dude. It ain't this mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. We should have put a disclaimer on this one. You know, if you have children, maybe <laughs> content oh, inappropriate. I flag this is not for kids. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Okay. I, fla- I flag them all as okay. not for kids. Well, that's good. So then um, we did put a disclaimer then. No, there's no dis- disclaimer. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I mean, oh, it's man. crazy. So in verse 21, these men are friendly towards us, they said. They really have no idea who they're dealing with. They have no idea. They have no no clue. clue. No clue. They're totally blindsided by this. They said, let them live in our land and trade in it. The land has plenty of room for them. We can marry their daughters and they can marry ours. But the men will agree to live with us as one people only on the condition that our males be circumcised as they themselves are. So I'm not hearing any upside to this, right? Look at verse 23. Won't their livestock, their property, and all their other animals become ours? So let us agree to their terms, and they will settle among us. And there it is. There's the selling point. Unadulterated greed. Yep. Their stuff will be our stuff. Yep. And And they were willing to overlook what this guy wanted to do to them because of money. They got stuff, and I want it. Look at this in verse 24. All the men who went out of the city gate agreed with Hamor and his son Shechem, and every male in the city was circumcised. Jacob must have had a let lot you, let me of stuff, man. Man, I'm, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a 25 year old male. You ain't got enough money to come after me with a knife. You ain't got enough money. I don't care who you are. I don't know. I'm what gonna to go tell live. You. Some, I'm gonna go live someplace else. These people apparently thought enough of this guy and enough of Jacob's wealth that they thought this was a good idea. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Are you kidding? They thought enough of Shechem. I think back to Timothy. Remember Timothy? Mm-hmm. And they have to, because he's got a Greek father, they got to circumcise him. Right. How much trust you have to have in Paul? Man, I to to drop your drawers and let him have at it. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's, it is, guys. It is a different culture. It really is that these guys think, man, this is going to be a great thing. You know, I, I, I just, I just don't understand. They it. think, hey, you know, a little pain, and then payday, payday, payday. That's what they're seeing here. I couldn't get past the pain. I don't think it's worth it. They're going to find out it isn't. <laughs> Verse <Go> twenty-five. <laughs> three days later, while all of them were still in pain, more than likely, it took three days to get through them all. Is what I figure. That's <laughs> yeah. probably what happened there. Three days later, while all of them were still in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, took their swords and attacked the unsuspecting city, killing every male. They put Hamor and his son Shechem to the sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and left. The sons of Jacob came upon the dead bodies. So now, so at this point, it made it very clear that Simeon and Levi were the ones that killed everybody. Now it just says the sons of Jacob. So I'm not sure if this is still just referring to Levi no, and I Simeon? No, I think, I think what this happened, is a family I think affair. Simeon and Levi went in, and they were, they were probably, you know, you, we're going we're gonna to run across Levi again mm-hmm. when it comes to Moses, and, and he's going to become a, a, a nation, a tribe of priests. Uh, we know that. Uh, these may have been the most athletic, 
maybe the, they were the most warlike at the because who stands up with with Moses? The nation of Levi no, stands yeah. up with him. I guess that's and, a that's a good point to and make. And kills so, thirty five hundred of their own people. Levi, because you might not know this, Levi is the patriarch of the priest clan. That's exactly right. So his his clan becomes God's priests, which are representatives to the people of God and representatives to God of the people. Yes. Which they, this is what the patriarch is doing. But this, but this is what, <laughs> but this is what they were, they would do many times. The priests were the ones who were involved in the killing process, and so here they are, Simeon and Levi. He's just showing what his personality is. He is. You know, if you if if you ask me about your two sons, you know, I mean, or my three sons, they all have different personalities. I know which one I could call for this, or which one I call for this, or which one I call for this. I know because I know their personalities. Well, here's Simeon and Levi. Step up. We're going. And they may have been the ones talking to begin with. I don't know. But it's it. And then it says, then they put Hamor and his son Shechem to the sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and left. Then the sons of Jacob came upon the dead bodies. Now, the rest of them came upon the dead bodies. There's, some, there's more sons yet. And they come upon the dead bodies and looted the cities where their sister had been defiled. So, who's, what did, so what happened to the stuff? Their stuff became... They seized their flocks and herds and donkeys and everything else of theirs in the city and out in the fields. They carried off all their wealth and all their women and children, taking as plunder everything in the houses. These guys thought, well, we'll suffer a little pain, and then all that stuff will be ours. And you suffered a little pain and lost everything. Lost your life, lost your families, and lost your stuff. All because, because you were willing to side with a no-good, sorry, stinking rat. So what he was. Instead of somebody standing up, he was the most up, honored among them, and he was a and he, he was, was a rapist. You think that you think he hadn't done this before? Oh, I'm sure he had. He didn't just all of a sudden see Dinah one day and say, "Oh man, I'm, I'm going to have her, and I'm just going to take her." But I want to make a point here. What they did was not right. No, I'm not saying it was right. I'm not saying it was. God will use mm-hmm. what they did. Remind, look at look at Abraham and um, and Pharaoh. Look at Abraham and the Philistine king, right? Mm-hmm. Abraham lies about his wife. You know, she's taken up into that household. The, the Philistine king, even he even said, right? He said, hey, God, I would never have done this. I would have never sinned against you in this way. Mm-hmm. So he was he was somewhat of an okay guy, right? He mm-hmm. would have he was made it very clear. He wouldn't have done it, right? God says, I know I kept you from sinning. So this is another of those examples <coughs> where what their reaction to this situation is not right. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. not okay. God says over and over again, vengeance is mine. It's his to repay. But God is going to use this. He's going to use but this to build. Read, read the rest of it. Sure. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have brought trouble on me by making me obnoxious to the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, the people living in this land. We are few in number. And if they join forces against me and attack me, I and my household will be destroyed. What? 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 Did you forget what God's already told you? I will give you this land, and you and he's told him that you, you're from your descendants. You'll be descendants be numerous as sands on the seashore. Remember, out of your seed. Yeah, he told him that. So how could what these two kids do negate what God's already told? Well, them? and it's it's interesting. So we've seen this this rockiness with Abraham. We've seen this rockiness with Isaac. Now here we are with Jacob, <coughs> and we're seeing this rockiness again. You know, this is this is very similar. In, in the in the responses understand totally different circumstances what's what's kind of going on 
But within the responses of the characters and everything else, this is very similar to the stuff that Abraham went through when yes. he was first called. Yes. Yeah. Very rocky. There was a famine in the land. He had to go somewhere. There's another famine. He had and he lied about his wife and all but, these things. You know, and then, oh, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna trust God? You know, I don't know if I don't know if I'm gonna get through this. Jacob is going through a very similar thing. He's going through it with his sons. They've had this happen, and now he, Jacob's looking around at all the other tribes, and he's going, they're going to come kill me, and they're going to come kill you. They're but, gonna... but they replied, should we have treated our sister like a prostitute? What did you want us to do? You weren't doing anything. What did you want us to do? Well, and and that's, and that's you know, and that, and that in t- going back to that question I asked, what is our response mm-hmm. when we see wickedness and evil mm-hmm. in our land? Mm-hmm. What should we do? Levi and Simeon decided to pick up a sword and go kill a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Jacob decided to let him do it. Mm-hmm. Where is God in all this? Where is their trust in him? I think, you know, I think, I think that there's times when there is a place for that. Okay? Not there. But, you know, we have safety teams and stuff. Lots well, look, of churches there is have... a vast difference yes. Yes, between, right. between witnessing this going on and stepping in to stop it there is a vast difference between that and it already being done and, and taking, taking vengeance. vengeance on it. Yeah. There is a we you, you said we have a safety team. Yeah, we have a safety team, but the safety team isn't going to contract out to no, go kill somebody. No, they're not. You know, that's not that's that, no. that should never that that shouldn't even be a thought in anybody's no, it head. Isn't. It so isn't. that's that is a huge difference. That's what we're talking about here. These guys, all all of them, all of them. Jacob stood by and didn't say anything. Levi and Simeon did the deed themselves. Where is their trust and faith? When we are confronted as Christians, Jacob, whether we like it or not, Jacob is a follower of God. Yes. He's built that altar. He built that altar. Mm-hmm. God is my God. He is my God, right? He's a follower of God. What should our response be in the face of this great wickedness? And you said it, you said it mm-hmm. right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that people are broken. People, you know, we're looking at Shechem, most yeah. honored among them. How yes. lost are these people? Mm-hmm. That they don't understand. God's going to take Jacob. He's going to take Israel. And he's going to make him a light. He's going to tell him, you're going to be a light to the nations. One of the things I think what it tells me is, when I do it the wrong way, God still can love me and still use me. This is absolutely true. And I think that's what we've been learning all through these chapters. Look, there is no no way that I would ever discount that. God can use people in their brokenness. He mm-hmm. does use people in their brokenness. But he can use people in being righteous as well. Absolutely. And where and that's my question here is where was these people's faith? And I'm not pointing a finger saying, "Oh, look, they messed up." What I'm doing is I'm saying we need to remember that. Mm-hmm. We need to remember this story and learn from it. And learn from it. Yeah. We need to walk better. Yeah. We need to look at God and remember that he is the one in control. Not desire vengeance on our own, but also look at the greater ramifications. But we may do that at some time. We, we may make that mistake too. We may make that mistake. And if we do make that mistake, remember that we have a, a great high priest mm-hmm. who knows our weaknesses yeah. and can yeah. help us in times of need. That's yeah. very important. Absolutely. But I'm not going to sit here and say, it's okay. Let's no. go make the mistake. No, it's, no it's, it's not okay. You know, but, you know, it was, a, it was a culture thing, and these guys were defending their sister. There was no other option for them. They didn't feel, you know, maybe their father should have stepped up and said, you know, that this is not appropriate. This is not appropriate behavior, and we need, we need, we need you to respond in the right way. Whether we son. like it or not, Shechem, Hamor, and all of those people 
were all made in the image of God. Yeah. God desired to be in relationship with each one of them. He wanted them to come out of their wickedness. He wanted them to repent. And Levi and Simeon went in there and butchered them. Yeah, they did. They did. Whether we like it or not, those people who are image bearers of God mm -hmm. raped Dinah. Yeah. Somebody who was also made in the image of God. Yeah. And this really comes back. And we back have that going on every day, every day, every day. Every day. And what you said at the very beginning, it's not the government that's going to fix this. No. It's Christ. Christ's going to fix it. This just shows the need for a Savior. Mm -hmm. Again and again and again, yep. we're seeing that. And we've got to remember, church, that the answer to the world's evil and wickedness is, is Christ. Is the, is the Messiah. It's not the government. Yep. It's not my own power. Yep. It's not because this story highlights every single one of those are fallen. Mm -hmm. My response to wickedness, the government's response to wickedness. Hamor and Shechem were, they were the guys running the town. Yeah. They were the government. Yeah. Yeah. Church, the response to the evil and wickedness of our society, of our culture, of, of what's going on in families and the dissolution of the family unit within our own nation, the answer to all of these things is Christ. It's Christ. Yep. Is the gospel. Yep. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the, for the power of your son. We know, Father, that he can fix broken lives. We've seen it done over and over and over. He's done it in our lives. We've, we know, Father, that he can fix this broken world. That if people will just respond to you and to your son, they will just give themselves to you. They'll have faith in you and live for you. Be obedient to you. That you will, your awesome, steadfast love will overtake us and give us a new sense of hope. And we thank you for that, Father. I pray that you would find folks that are, that are hungry and searching and help us find them, Father, so that, we can, so that we can introduce them to the one that can save their life. Thank you, Father, for him. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.